Code Keepers, it's time for another great episode to get on code. So this brother, this leader, this visionary, this mindset changer was crucified on April 4th, 1968. In addition to that, little Bobby Hutton was killed by some dirty cops. In addition to that, right now in Florida, they're trying to ban information about this sister, Ruby Bridges. It's all happening tonight on Get On Code. Dirty cops, killing heroes, and banning Ruby Bridges. Tonight, we talk empowerment to sovereignty. So... Get on code. All right. Welcome to Get on Code, the Fly Guy Show, which is a series of melanated conversations focused on empowerment, health, wealth, and knowledge of self. People think in binary choices because they are conditioned to. And on the wall was a picture of a wolf and a lion. I think the wolf was the Democratic Party, the lion was the Republicans. But the drug trade and all these illegal stuff that uh, people do, that's still economics. It's just that they couldn't do it in a traditional system. We're talking about melanated wealth. So we can build wealth, but we just, for some reason, don't seem to be able to transfer it. You had a great experience. Fine. That means nothing. What were you told as a child about education? You had to be how many times better? Every impression without an expression becomes depression. Peace, Code Keepers. We got the Minister Zumbi on the foundation. Peace, bruh. And we have the good new platformer, uh, Dr. Inky, man. I'm telling you, if you're not hip to Dr. Inky, <laughs> Sakpase, yo, yo, you about to get hip. You about to get hip. So this, this show tonight is a little conversation, but it's also a combination. So in addition to Get On Code, we're going to do some precise thinking, right? Like I said, like the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said, do for self or suffer the consequences. How the hell do you make the CIA boy the hero when we know what the history has been between the CIA and Africa? Only when the father makes his trans uh, makes his transition to the ancestral realm of the Agungun does the son truly become a man. Yo, so uh, pieces of Ryder Jackson, Kevin Hicks, and everybody else tapping in. We love you for that. Make sure you have your water, drink your water, eat your veggies, <laughs> hug your family. But let's go in. So, Zumbi, man, you, you were really interested in making sure that we highlighted how Dr. MLK was crucified on April 4th, 1968, uh, a date that's coming up very soon. What gives, man? Why were you so in? In, in immersed in making sure that we deal with that tonight. You, you know, we, we had done a previous show about uh, we don't need another hero. And there's a nasty habit amongst our people saying, well, we need another Martin. We need another Malcolm. We need another Garvey, et cetera, so forth. And I remember Dr. John Henry Clark was posed with that question. And he said, what makes you think we deserve another one when we didn't protect the first one 
that the universe and the ancestors gave us. Okay. So, you know, if you're watching this live, uh, that memorial will come up this coming Tuesday. And part of the reason why I think we need to not only look at the assassination piece, but more importantly, his legacy piece is number one, how do we make sure that we don't have, uh, as Brother Steve Copley would say, we need an assassination prevention bureau to make sure that if we say that we love these heroes and sheroes that we produce, that there's a self-defense mechanism in place to make sure that we don't lose these assets prematurely. Okay. Understood. Along, yeah. Along with the fact that we need to begin to look at legacy and blueprint, what was it that Dr. King left us that we can pick up and continue to move forward? I think there needs to be a reassessment of Dr. King. And, and here's what I mean. Dr. King, as a Baptist minister, stood with a Muslim who we knew as Muhammad Ali and his opposition to the Vietnam War. No other Christian minister took that position openly. Uh, this is the same Baptist minister who nominated a Vietnamese Buddhist monk named Thich Nhat Hanh for the Nobel Peace Prize. Okay, so there are things about Dr. King that are not explored because we've allowed others to reduce him to a soundbite. You, you know, I, I got to tap in, bro. One of mm. the things I love most about Dr. King, and I missed it when I was first growing up, you know, because like I said in a couple of shows before, you know, when I was coming up, I was like, Dr. King's a punk. Malcolm was the real G. And then I was like, oh, Malcolm was, you know, uninformed. You know, Noble Drew Ali was the real G. And I, I realize now that most of them, all three of them, and, you know, Sojourner Truth. You know, I can go with Mary McLeod Bethune. I can go with, you know, a lot of the other sisters and brothers as well. They've done more for the struggle than I have. They've done more for empowerment than I have. But one of the things that I really love about Dr. King is we call him a man of peace. You know, we talk about him being the peaceful warrior, you know, the man of peace. But he also had them things. Dr. King had them things. You know what I'm saying? You know, he had the Deacons for Defense of Justice, a black Christian gun club that after the massacre on the Edinburgh Bridge, he had a gun club that protected us while we marched. And a lot of people just kind of gloss over that, may not even realize that Dr. King had them things. And that's one thing because, you know, I got my thing. And that's one thing I love. <laughs> Yo, the NRA should, so, you know, the NRA should do some commercials on Dr. King because Dr. King had them things. Uh, of course, Malcolm did too. Uh, Dr. Inky, man, you, you know, first time on our platform for Get On Code, what are your thoughts on Doc King, man? Because I know you come from a totally different perspective, God. I mean, I have a, um, have a, I guess similar, similar respect for for Doctor King than as mm -hmm. you do. Um, you know, he was viewed as as you know the the soft guy, you know, and and, and MLK was was the tough guy, and then you know I got as I got older 
And I started to get a little bit more exposed to, you know, like, don't you ever let him take your manhood. And, you know, just some of his more aggressive um, talks and started to go through my experiences um, just trying to reach the people and talk to the people and seeing, you know, um, experiencing the dichotomy between what people may see happen like when you face them versus all of the BS that you got to go through just to get to the audience. You know, they don't know what goes on backstage. They don't know what goes on behind these platforms. They don't know what went on in the organizations, in the meetings, what these people had to go through in that time when there is no keyboard to hide behind. You know, you had to get out there and say what you were saying in front of your oppressor or colonizer or abuser. And, you know, you had to deal with whatever, uh, whatever force that it was a real time response. And it was always physical or financial. Like you, you felt it is not like today. Social media gives us a safety space to protest from and, and say things and voice our opinions where before you had to be right there, you know, and I, I participated in, um, uh, marches and protests and, you know, we, we never got any dogs or anything crazy turned on us. But, um, yeah, once I got a taste of, of how this thing feels in real time, it, it was, I had a different appreciation for not even just his speeches, but what all we didn't see for him to be able to get up there and, and his family to go through the threats and the stress and the slander and the, you know, all of that kind of stuff. I hadn't considered that. Yeah. And I don't think many of us have truly considered the sacrifices. You know, the family missed out on his children getting married. You know, he missed out on some of his children growing up, going to their proms, you know, cracking that basketball or baseball or whatever ball they were playing with, you know. Uh, there were some sacrifices that we just really don't respect. And of course, the powers that be don't respect them as well. So, so Zombie, when you say that we need to do a uh, reconfiguration of our minds to understand Dr. King, you're like, what are you really saying, bro? What, what I'm getting at is the fact that you you can't allow others to dictate the narrative of your heroes and sheroes okay and you know what i started with earlier about you know king standing with ali uh king nominated uh tick.han han also and a lot of people may not realize this but he was the one that shared his platform to allow the black power movement in the form of a young trinidadian at the time named Stokely Carmichael, which later became Kwame Toure, to emerge because King saw the future that civil disobedience had run its course and that there was a new generation of activists who weren't going to take a pacifist approach to gaining justice. So he allowed that to come in the form of a young Kwame Toure. 
Hey, yo, Inky, are you familiar with Kwame Ture? Um, a little bit. Y'all, y'all getting outside my my, you know, y'all getting outside my age group, so I kind of gotta <laughs> <laughs> drink your water, youngster. Drink your water, youngster. But but I'm aware, you know, I'm aware that these these are uh you know. I stand on shoulders that stand on shoulders that stand on shoulders that stand mm. on shoulders. So mm-hmm. I, I'm aware that somewhere in there is Kwame's shoulders. You know, he, he, you know, somebody standing on shoulders that standing on shoulders that standing on, even if we don't agree with stances and people's perspectives and ideologies, right. just being you know, a black man and speaking your mind at some point could have got you killed in this country. <laughs> you know so, you know, so even if I totally disagree with what you were saying at the point, I know that the fact that you were saying it mm-hmm. opened the door to open the door to open the door for me to be online and say, yeah, big farmers poisoning everyone. Like, there's no way you could have said, no way you could have said that a hundred years ago. You would have been clipped. Somebody would have showed up at your house and you would have been never found again. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh, ooh, so if Doc King hadn't stood up and said the Vietnam War is trash and we need to do some things for poor folk. We need to have universal basic income. I don't. He didn't use that term, but he used another term that led to universal basic income. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't have the freedoms to, to 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 you know share this consciousness online. I hadn't considered that, bro. Bro, bro, I haven't considered that. Yeah. Woo. Yeah. Somebody, somebody. We standing on somebody's shoulders. They're standing on somebody's shoulders. They're standing on somebody's shoulders. Ad infinitum. Right. And, and I think the way that you can put that is sometimes we're the ones who plant the seed knowing that we'll never get to sit under the tree and eat the fruit. You know, Dr. Clark said something real interesting. He said that in order to create change, there has to be what he called a sacrificial generation to lay the foundation on which future generations can build. The problem is nobody wants to be that generation to lay themselves on the sacrificial altar. Mm. But it has to be done. And that's, that's intriguing. Uh, you know, as a as an Omega, you know, one of the things that we, we hold dearly to, and actually I think a lot of the Divine Nine hold dearly to, is this poem called The Bridge Builder. Mm-hmm. And in this poem, The Bridge Builder, the ending line is, Young man, I'm building this bridge for you. And, you know, because is is in the poem, pretty much this young dude walks up. It's like, yo, old man, why are you building this bridge? You're about to die. Why are you putting in all this time building something that you'll never enjoy the fruits? You know, you won't enjoy the fruits of your labor. You won't get a chance to walk this bridge. You won't get a chance to see folk walk the bridge. Why are you building this bridge? And the old man says, I'm building this bridge for you. Mm-hmm. And so that sacrificial lamb generation, if you were involved in the uprisings recently, you know, Dr. Inky was saying he was involved in some of the uprisings. Yo, you built a bridge for somebody. You built a bridge for somebody. And I'm no, not no, sure no, wait, no, no, not the uprisings recently. No, no, no. For the last, I don't know. Five or six years, I've been fighting in court to get custody of my baby, so I've been in the house. I mean, 
um, just protests and and um, mm-hmm. you know, little marches and stuff in, in in New York, and you know, police coming down and spraying you know the crowd with pepper spray and right. you know picking somebody out of the group to to start punching them and say, oh yeah, everybody's violent. Like hold on, hold on, it's five hundred people out here protesting, champ. You cannot get into a fight with an alcoholic that looks like an off-duty cop anyway and try mm-hmm. to say, like, you know, like, so I'm just saying, like, I, I've been in some of those scenarios and mm-hmm. just in those little spaces, right. you know, it gave, me a, it gave me a much greater respect to operate at that scale 50 or 70 years ago. Like, literally, you know, you think of Mega Evers and... You know, you just, you know, just people just died, you know, um, to speak. Like, literally, they died to speak. Like, and so that's one of my pet peeves. Like, we just started a show on my platform called Tell Them Why You Mad. (laughs) (laughs) Tell Them Why You Mad. Tell Them Why You Mad. Because people. I I hear that happening on, um, what show is that? Charmaine, the guy, um, Mm. DJ Envy, my, uh, my alum brother, you know, DJ Envy went to Hampton University. Salute Hampton oh, University. Man. We just put in our newest pre- Yeah, I'm going yeah. to prep that, bro. I'm going to salute that. Our newest president started, <laughs> but he was inaugurated today. But, okay. yo, tell him why you mad. But I, I also think it's important that we share that. Go ahead. Talk talk, talk that talk, no, bro. Talk I, no, that I was talk. Just, just saying, like, I, you know, it disturbs me now that we in a space where people don't appreciate reading. You know what I'm mm. saying? And people mm. just don't read. And I'm like, you're dumb. And, you know, like, I don't understand how people can be upset with people saying that, you know, like, you're an uninformed person. <laughs> <laughs> you're voluntarily handicapped. I, I, like, I don't know how to, you know, what other way to put it. If you if you don't read, like, you, right. if you don't know something, then anybody can put anything over on you. Like that's like how do how do we get to the space where so many people died for us to be able to do these things and then we just throw them out, you know? I I just you know that so that drives me crazy. Like it also like people that don't have children, you know. I think that I don't think you have a choice to not have children. I think that you 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 have to have children if you're alive. You know what I'm saying? Like. <laughs> <'cause>... <laughs> oh, no, listen, I'm, I'm okay. gonna tell you why. Yo, you go on some Handmaid's Tale now, bro. You go <laughs> no, seriously, listen. I'm gonna tell you why. Handmaid's this. Tale. No, no, no. Listen, I'm gonna tell you why. Because literally, from the beginning of time, if you exist today, you go back hundreds of thousands of generations. Mm-hmm. All of those generations are literally living in your DNA. Mm-hmm. When you decide to not have babies, it's not a personal decision. People are taking it like, oh, I can do what I want to do with my body. Hold on. Your body is a relative statement. Your body actually belongs to hundreds of thousands of generations that came before you. And when you decide to not reproduce, you know, you stopping that whole line of people all the way back into infinity that came before you. So how do you just decide you ain't having no babies? Like... You know, this is how I talk to my children. I'm like, hey, I don't, uh-uh, I need a baby. At least one. 
don't, I don't. Yo, yo, how old are your babies, man? I, oh, I got children from children to no longer children. You know what I'm saying? Okay, because I, I was I like, it, it might be a premature conversation. No, 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 I, no. Well, hey, in this world we live in, there's no such thing as a premature conversation anymore. Like the, mm. the conversation of the birds and the bees, you know, they pulled that out of the schools and out of the out of conversation, pulled that off of TV shows everywhere um, to make room for the new space. Right. Because if parents are having the birds and the bees conversation with their children. Right. Mm-hmm. And there's no space for children to be confused. Oh, OK. I think we just tapped into something else, bro. But before we go, before we go there, um, seven seven figures said King had oh King has been me too. Now they're calling him a philanderer. That's crazy when people could be me too posthumously like that. This that's this is getting crazy. <laughs> it's getting crazy. Where you can me too somebody who's dead. Like like how far? Uh, see, earlier we was having these conversations. Like how far did this new imaginary belief world that we live in go? You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, because I can pick out a dead person and say that they committed crimes against me. And now I'm looking for civil restitution because, hey, John, who can't, you know, Jackie, who can't prove, you know, whatever. Yeah, they, they violated me. And, you know, they violated me while I was under this institution or on this property. So, yeah, I'm looking for a few dollars, damn it. And, uh, you know, unless someone can prove me wrong. <laughs> Understood. <laughs> crazy but what really bothers me is some of the some of our own people are supporting white supremacy when they talk about the possibility of him being a philanderer you know i if he did if he didn't he still did things that allow us to have some freedoms today that had nothing to do with his bedroom and, and now, was, you yeah. know, Coretta Scott back in the day was kind of a baddie. So I, <laughs> she was kind of a baddie, man. I saw I a couple honest, pictures though, of her. I was I, like, yo. I don't even care if he cheated on his wife or not, though. I, I, to me, I don't even think that is even makes any sense. Unless they pull up something where he was like a like a rapist or a, or a killer or, or a pedophile or he was doing some old wow. Like, you, you yeah. cheat on your lady, bro? Like, like if that's... If if they comb the files and wait till you're dead and they come with that, I think that's a W. I, I gotta go with that. <laughs> like, like that's like that's literally all, right. all they could come up with. Like is you cheat on your wife. I'm like, bro, we gotta I'm roll like, with the win on that one. King like, gets right. a W. King gets a W. Yeah. yeah. Well, King it, gets a W. All right. It, it it goes back to remember we did that show back in January about uh moral excellence versus perfection. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, wow. and and you know I'm a, I'm gonna kind of give you a window into a conversation that Brother Steve Coakley had with some of us. You know, oh, he said to do a Coakleyism. <laughs> yeah. All right, everybody, what, what? get ready for the Coakleyism. All right. Okay. Get your pen and pad ready. Get your pen and pad ready. A Coakleyism's coming. All right, go ahead, Zumbi. The one thing that Brother Coakley said to all to said to us is the one thing that unifies the entire human race is a propensity for error. Mm. Okay. None of us are beyond that. And if you pick up and some of, some of your audience members may have read this book back in the day is uh, Dr. Naeem Akbar's new visions for black men, 
where in the chapter he talks about looking for moral excellence versus moral perfection. Okay. Because how can you expect perfection from imperfect people? In fact, Dr. Amos Wilson had a term and, and you might remember the term brother Seku, he called it super inism. Are you calling me old? <laughs> no. Dude, no. Don't let the grades fool you. Don't let the grades fool you. Oh, you did it again, man. No, 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 he, he called it super inism because it's like your your enemies know that we look in some ways we look for the impossible from our leadership. If there's one element that's off, we throw the baby out with the bathwater. And then that leaves them vulnerable because we keep throwing them to the walls because we expect something that is impossible from quote unquote leadership heroes or sheroes. Okay. The question becomes, and I think it was something Prophet Muhammad said, does the good outweigh the bad? Okay. And who were you consistently? Were you consistently striving to be upright, moral, civilized, and righteous? Okay. Because if we're on this planet long enough, all of us are going to stub our toe. The question is, how do we recover from stubbing our toes? Mm. Well, I, I have to say, man, the excellence, the sacrifice, the visionary, the mm. forethought, the blueprint, you know, Dr. King and his contemporaries, they left some good stuff for us, man. Mm-hmm. They left some good stuff for us. Uh, yo, one last word on Doc King. I know that it's important that we uh, recognize that he was gunned down by white supremacy and the mm-hmm. forces of white supremacy and the forces of evil and the forces of hatred. April 4th, 1968. And the same evil, the same forces. We're still dealing with some of them today. Mm hmm. Oh, um, let me throw this in. Um, You talk about those forces, okay? J. Edgar Hoover, in order to manipulate a situation to move the target, the target being King, when King came back to Memphis, he was actually staying in a Hilton hotel. So what Hoover did was to come out with, I won't say a memo, but something in the newspaper where he accused King of being hypocritical by staying in a white hotel. And so that that played on King's conscience. So he went from the Hilton to the Lorraine Motel where the enemy wanted him to where he was eventually gunned down. So even manipulating our own sense of consciousness against us was was something that uh hoover and the other forces that worked against king were able to do hey for those who are uninitiated i wanted to pop up steve coakley's name and mm-hmm. image uh because you did drop a coakleyism earlier um yeah that's that's my ancestral teacher Ashe. Yeah, I've seen a lot of Steve Coakley videos. All right. You know what? So, Inc., you know, so those who don't know, Dr. Inc. 
did a brilliant version of How to Rob, where he was jacking all the conscious folk who were on some crazy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> he did his research, man, and he was he was killing them, man. Mm, you know, almost, that's I, almost I, everybody. That's all. That's almost all, the whole generation, man. It's it's a rap. So so when you did your research, how did Copley stack up? Um. Well, well, he didn't. I, I've um. I've separated Coakley into a, another space, you know. So Coakley is a part of the the um, the black militant or, or liberation fighter, or, or you know, if people want, they could move him into the civil rights space. Or, but I would, um, you know, I was raised in the last vestiges of that, and you know, as a kid, you know, I had you know like. Uh, neighbors that'll take me to little rallies or you know we watched videos and certain things so i wouldn't put this uh deviant sexual community um i wouldn't put uh steve coakley in that space like all of these guys are pretty much rapists and pedophiles that we know of today <laughs> as the conscious community um so yeah i wouldn't mix steve coakley into that to that group i would he, he was he was one of the, the 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 real you know he was the genuine article he was he was one of the real guys that that was really meant something i would put him in the space with Khalid muhammad and you know guys like that i wouldn't i wouldn't call them guys not just community that that'd be an insult to steve coakley to lump him in with you know bobby hammett or something like that like come on that's crazy mm. Salute that. So salute to uh, Steve Coakley. I'm glad you mentioned Khaled, you know, one of my frat brothers. Um, Minister Zumbi, hmm. we know that the forces of evil traversed against Dr. King, but they also traversed against Bobby Hutton. Yes. So come on, man. Bring the receipts, brother. Bring the receipts. Let's, let us know, first of all, give us some, some foundation on why Bobby Hutton is important. Bobby Hutton, uh, commonly known, affectionately known as Little Bobby Hutton, uh, was a teenager who had joined the Black Panther Party. And the reason why I'm bringing up Little Bobby Hutton is because after King was assassinated, um, towns across America blew up. You know, they were setting towns on fire and the Panthers were maybe, they were probably less than two years old at the time, okay? Uh, Eldridge Cleaver, who was known within the Panther circles as Papa Rage because he was the oldest of those, um, were saying that, you know, we've got to send a message uh, to, to the pigs, you know? They can't be sitting up here because regardless of what we may have thought of King, we says, if y'all can knock off the Prince of Peace, you know, then all bets are off, the gloves are off, etc. So Bobby Hutton joins Eldridge Cleaver and a cadre of Panthers to have this confrontation with LAPD. Okay. And the way the story goes, um, Eldridge and little Bobby Hutton were in a house. And the LAPD had tracked him down, fired tear gas into the house. And Eldridge was telling him to strip naked because if you strip naked, they would be shocked 
and nothing would happen to him. And the story goes that little Bobby Hutton was too afraid and he just took his shirt off, still had his pants on. He comes out with his hands raised and they basically slaughtered him. Now, mind you, he was only 17 years old. So he kind of became the first martyr of, in my opinion, not only the Black Panther Party, but the Black Power Movement. And, you know, sometimes I got to sit back and remind myself of how young some of our youth were when they got sacrificed. In fact, and this will add to the conversation, when Chairman Fred was executed by Chicago Police Department, a memo had come out by Hoover uh, telling agents in the field that we must let Black youth know that if they choose to be revolutionaries, they will be dead revolutionaries. And then he goes one step further and say, why can't these Black youth aspire to be athletes and entertainers that America can love instead of being something that America will despise? So it was almost like indirectly he was socially engineering us saying that the only way that Black youth can gain respectability and admiration in American society is to be a gladiator or a court jester. Okay. So when we look at people like little Bobby Hutton, and then later we look at uh, Jonathan Jackson, who was the younger brother of George Jackson, who was the same age, uh, 17, you know, we had to really think about, you know, what were we doing at 17? Were we, that politically advanced at age 17, you know, and, and for someone like a little Bobby Hutton, who was willing to put his life on the line for the people, you know, I, I think that speaks volumes to not only his character, but also his courage. Yo, are we that courageous now? What do you think, Inky? Um, I think that, uh, well, I don't think today, I don't think today the amount of time and energy that the government had to put into, um, you know, subduing these quote unquote empowering movements is required today. I think that they've already done a great job of planting mental seeds in the masses of people to do all of the police work for them. So for instance, now, like if you're an activist, you need to be on social media. And so if you're on social media, you need to be able to tell your audience everything that's going on in advance. So, you know, or you're not doing anything and you don't have anything planned if you don't tell it to the audience in advance. The problem with that is, is like once you tell it, <laughs> once you tell the plan, it's like the plan is thwarted. Like it's literally like 90 percent of the government work back in the day was to get into the organization and find out what the plan was. How are they going to empower themselves? Like, what are they going to do? Mm. And they, you know, they, they, they spent time and money finding crooked people within organizations to flip them or 
or plant people in the community to join organizations as if they're really a part of the, you know, they went through these elaborate measures to get in there and find a plan. Now they just, you know, log in, you know, and, you know, um, because they've sold this idea that, you know, you know, we're all getting drug money in the black community. Like, like I did a test in, in my mental illness video. I did a mental illness masterclass, eight hours long. But part of whoa, it, whoa, 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 mental illness masterclass. Yeah, masterclass. And All right. So before it, you continue with that, where can they find it? Where can we find that? Oh, it's on my page, American Healer YouTube page. Go to American Healer YouTube page. Is there? Um, right. But but uh, one of the one section of it was me demonstrating to people that they're brainwashed, right? And because mm. of their brainwashing. That's what's going to make them have, because if you look up the definition, one of the definitions of mental illness anyway, is where you're, you have an inability to assess reality and, you know, make proper decisions based on reality, what you, what you get in your feedback and your output, it doesn't match. And mm -hmm. so I'm saying, folks, you brainwashed off rip. And so because you brainwashed, you know, and on online, we consider ourselves the best of the best. Like we are the smartest of the brown and black community. You know, the online, you know, we, we got all answers on the Internet. So I asked people, I said, OK, here we go. We're going to go through this question by question. I'm going to let you all answer first. And then we're going. I said, which cities in America smoke the most weed? And I mm. gave everybody 60 seconds. And of course, you know, uh, the chat room lit up. Everybody was proud to put their city in. Oh, Philly, Detroit, New York. What? Y'all bugging. L.A. got it. What you mean? Houston, Atlanta, blah, 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 blah. When I pulled up the actual cities, the top 10 cities that smoke the most weed in America, there's no L.A. They're not top 10. There's no Oakland. There's no Houston. There's no Dallas. There's no Atlanta. There's no Miami, there's no New York, there's no Philly, there's no Detroit, no, there's no Chicago. None of the black cities were in the top 10. I said, all right, guys, I'm going to give y'all a second chance. We're going to go cocaine. Top 10 cities that use the most cocaine. And just so that y'all know, because some of y'all might not know, crack is cocaine. So crack is considered <laughs> cocaine use. <laughs> top 10 cities for cocaine use. Go. I gave them 60 seconds and they was like, oh yeah, what? My auntie in there, woo woo. Yeah, any city. And somebody actually had the audacity to put the cities with melanated people. Wow. Like, yeah, they I mean, people was just, you know, and again, the top 10 cities that use cocaine in America in any form, New York's not a top, Chicago, right. Chicago's not the top, Philly's mm -hmm. not the top, Atlanta's not at the top, Miami. It's not at the top. Wow. Houston, uh, Dallas, L.A., Oakland, none of the black cities were on top this list. Mm -hmm. Let's go again. <laughs> the most used are the top 10 cities for heroin use. No black. Well, except for the exception of Memphis, no black cities was there. Detroit, wow. Philly, New York, Atlanta, Miami, Dallas, Houston. None of these cities were there. L.A., Mm -hmm. So I said, see, so you brainwashed into these images that the black folks are the drug dealers and somehow the drug dealer kingpin is the black guy 
And so this one idea infects the minds in a zillion different ways because now the young men coming up, they got to fit into the paradigm. Well, the easy way to fill up the jails is by having a bunch of people think that they're going to sell drugs when there's no customers. It's, it's, you don't have any customers. So how are you going to sell drugs? So the most violent cities become these cities, the New York, the Detroit, the Philly, right. because they're under the illusion that they're going to be drug kingpins, but they don't have customers. So you got the weed guy. He got to trade weed for cocaine if he want to get high. Or he's got to trade weed for pills because you don't have the ability to buy it because you don't have customers. Black people are not drug users. And because we're not drug users and there's no money in our cities, we are not the drug dealers. So we're not the drug dealers or the drug users, but that's been implanted in our psyche to the point where if you look at our TV shows, all of the top black TV shows are either drug dealer TV shows or alternative sexual TV shows. You know what I'm saying? So there's, there's no... <clears throat> Straight black folks that's just taking care of their kids on TV. Like that's that's not a thing. Even though that's the reality. Mm-hmm. 90 plus percent of black people. We're not in an alternative sexual community. We don't do cocaine. We don't do crack. We don't do heroin. We're not popping pills. Black people don't do that. You know what black people do? They take a nap. They black folks take a nap. That's what we do. <laughs> we have nap time. You know what I'm saying? Black folks come in stressed, they go to sleep. You know what I'm saying? They might smoke a joint. They, they go into sleep. That's what black folks do, <laughs> period. I remember when I was a kid, I fell down, bust my head. My, my head was bleeding. My mother said, you see what you get? Your mother, you, you shouldn't have. I told you, you should have. Now go take a nap. I'm like, mom, take a nap. You need to lay down because when you wake up, you have some sense in your head, boy. And I think that that kind of, you know, that kind of stuck with black folks. So we, go, <laughs> you know, we, don't, we don't do all them things. We, we take a nap. We go to sleep. We drink some water. We have a bath. You know, we don't, we're not into drugs on top of drugs on top of drugs. And because mm. of that, we don't sell the drugs. You know what I'm saying? Right. But we do go to prison for the drugs. <clears throat> and we do commit violence because we think that we should be getting this drug dealer, you know, fantasy. Yeah. All right, Ain't. Yeah. What's this got to do with Bobby Hutton? Well, what that has to do with it is, like I said, that you know, and I'm glad you bring me back. But in that time, they had to do a lot of infiltrating to neutralize. Now we're on autopilot. We're neutralizing ourselves. Period. Mm. The brainwash mm. has us on autopilot. We put any empowerment plan that we have on the internet. Um, the Nation of Islam has brought in Scientology. I mean, how, how far do you want to go with this? Like, <laughs> yeah, the kids are, are shooting. They like, it's mm. what are we doing? The kids are shooting themselves, and the adults are facilitating it. It's not mm. like the adults are saying, "No, stop the kids." No, no, no. The adults are with the kids. See, that's the thing that we don't we don't see. If the, right. the adults are with the kids. The adults are with the you know the OGs <laughs> 30, 35, They passing the joint off to the fifteen year old. Like, yeah, you gonna let them disrespect you like that? You know what I'm saying? So yeah, we don't need we don't need people to infiltrate us to neutralize us anymore. It's we do and, and to, to add on to to what Brother Inky was saying. 
I'll put it this way. What was done in the past, too, it's like you've replaced the OGs with IG. Woo. Okay. <laughs> and, and, you know, and, and I know I'm kind of simplifying what Brother Inky laid down, but think about it. No, you no, no, no. You have to wipe out a right generation there. of OGs and replace them with IG. That's a bar, brother. That's a and bar. now IG has become the OG. Mm. Okay. Oh, man. We doing anything for clout. We doing anything for clout. Yo, because yeah. we used to do for the OGs. Listen, you got these guys that's literally, they. I, I'm telling you, this is a real thing. They're on live stream, right? Now, check mm -hmm. this out. They're on live stream with a face mask on you know they got their gun in their lap check now I, I i swear this is a real thing mm. see i didn't think it was real and, and i had to watch it and y'all older than me so i know y'all are gonna be like that's not a real thing i'm telling y'all now that this is a real thing <laughs> they got their face mask on they got their gun in their lap and they're on instagram live facebook live they're on live and they're in a, a taxi cab, an Uber. And they're Ubering to the ops neighborhood to shoot some ops on site, you know, if they see them. And when they get arrested, they want to know who's snitching. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> Weren't you niggas on the live stream? Were you on the live stream? You know, the same live stream? You know, like, oh, no, we had mask on. Wait, but you're on the same live stream with other posts with your kids. <laughs> oh, my God. Wait, look, they got posts with their kids, their moms. They standing in front of their building. You know, they they singing about their building. Yeah, I'm from such and such building. We don't play them game. Such and such and such street, right? You know, they telling you their address and everything. And then they go on live stream from that very same page with all their personal information on it. And then they want to know who's snitching. And then all of the new dances I find out are dances of how they killed somebody. So like when they, if they stab somebody, shoot somebody, whatever, they'll make a dance out of how they hurt that person so that the gang that that person belongs to can be upset when they see people doing the dance and all this and all that. And what I'm saying is, is how can snitching be a real thing in a space where you're literally on the live stream and there's video of them arguing with the people that they were shooting on the live stream before on other previous live stream. Like, yeah, I'm going to come shoot you. What? Pull up. What? I'm right here. Pull up. Yeah, I'm on the way right now. I'm about to call an Uber. Wait, what? <laughs> Y'all had the argument on the live stream, and then when you went on the live stream to go get them, you put on a mask? Like, wait, what? I'm sorry. I'm confused. Why did you have on a mask? <laughs> Like, what did you put a mask on for once you on the live stream and y'all calling each other real names out and some of these kids be related to each other? And I'm like, yo, what is, I, don't, I just don't understand. So yo, anyway, all that said to say, there's no need to infiltrate the black community no more. The 
black community is on auto impulse of, of infiltration. It's, it's on autopilot. In fact, the black community is probably putting some of these government agencies out of jobs because they had to start laying some of them agents off. Like, hey, you know what? We don't even need you. <laughs> the whole infiltration department, we just don't even need y'all anymore. We don't have any jobs. They, they're on Facebook. Mark Zuckerberg is going to get everybody's money because he just, yeah, it's over. Well, your boy, your boy CIA anyway, but that's another story. Um, of course, of course, you, you yeah. know, but 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 it goes back to the social engineering aspect. And this is one of the things I have to tell young people is your enemy is always thinking 35 to 50 years into the future. OK, so what we see now is the manifestation of what was being thought about back into the 70s when we were raising hell in the streets okay mm. so by the time now COINTELPRO pro was quote unquote officially ended in 1976 and i'm saying officially in quotation marks so the game hasn't really changed it's just morphed into a more sophisticated uh arena where now artificial intelligence automation and robotics is doing a lot of the heavy lifting okay mm. so when if if you see a, a cat or a dog a stray cat or a dog in a hood it's probably a spy or if you see a roach that's probably a spy mm. oh interesting. okay and like i said that technology in fact, Brother Copley showed us a, a, a clip from the Discovery Channel called Shoot Not to Kill. And this is back in 2001 where we were looking at non-lethal weaponry where you can make tanks and soldiers invisible. Where you can play this game called The Man in the Middle to where you can intercept uh, a wire transfer from one financial institution to another to where if $10,000 is being wired, we just change a zero in between. And by the time it reaches its destination, it goes from 10,000 to 1,000. Hmm. Okay. That's what we're dealing with. And when you have a generation, like I said, when the IGs replace the OGs, you have this level of stupidity that plays itself out. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. So we talked about, we talked about Dr. King. Yes. And how we got to change that narrative. We talked about little Bobby Hutton mm -hmm. and how now we're snitching on each other that the government doesn't have to really even infiltrate. And we're also, you know, Internet's become the opiate of the masses. Mm hmm. So you said said you just said something that I thought was intriguing. You're saying that the enemy had planned 35 years ago, and you're using that number as as an example. Right. The moves they're making today. Mm -hmm. So when we look at this situation, where in an elementary school in Florida, one parent who complained about the 1998 Disney movie about Ruby, Ruby Bridges was able to get the movie and the book banned from that school. Okay. How does that play into the enemy's 35-year-old plan? Because I'm, I'm, I'm struggling to understand or even accept that 35 years ago, 
white supremacy was saying we need to ban books. Okay, we need let me to ban images. So so help me understand this, bro. Okay, help let me understand. let me uh throw a little history here. All right. You guys are familiar with the United Federation of Teachers. I am. Okay. So this was an organization created by Albert Schenker. Now, Seiko, you being a Brooklyn native, your your parents probably know this history well. There was a time, I think it was in the Brownsville section of Brooklyn, where the community wanted to gain control over what was being taught in the school system. And what they wanted taught were black studies. Okay. So there was a huge push you know, that whole black studies movement, you know, like with Dr. Nathan Hare at Howard University, etc. So Albert Shanker did something at the time was unprecedented. In order to neutralize the grassroots movement, he created a national organization called United Federation of Teachers because he did not want black studies taught in the school system. For this reason, according to Shanker, he says, if we allow black studies to be taught in public school systems, it will teach black students to hate white people. OK, so now you've got to control what's being fed to the students as well as control the history, because if I control the past, I can control the present and eventually control the future. Because the one thing that Malcolm said is, if a man ne has never known that he has ever done anything, that he will never do anything. And I'll throw this example, okay? Nat Turner. You know what inspired Nat Turner to go on his rebellion? His ability to read. And he read the, uh, the happenings that was going on in Haiti. So it was the Haitian Revolution that inspired him along with his clairvoyance of reinterpreting the Moses story in the Old Testament to launch his rebellion. Okay. So, so we have to understand that there are, there are always things, um, you know, always on the move, you know, Dr. Clark always said that all history is a current event, but Whoever controls the narrative or whoever controls what narrative is fed can control the present and ultimately the future. I agree with that. Um, well he said. Controls the narrative. Yeah, he who controls the narrative controls the game. Right. So this is a play to control the narrative. Mm hmm. And, and it's all a part of a social engineering thing. Like I said, if I, I want to tell you guys, yeah, a can I can I hit the share screen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can hit it. You can hit it. Is this is that sharing? No, you got to share it. You got to hit it. Say cool at the bottom. Yeah, boom. So here's here's what I got to say about the Ruby Bridges thing. Mm -hmm. And without going too deep. Um, these are some of the different types of books that have been introduced in elementary school. Um, and have, you know, they've been circulating these books to the children. And so there are a lot of parents that are complaining about those books being introduced. Mm -hmm. Lots of parents. Now, there are a lot of parents that are in support of those books. 
I'm not saying whether I'm for or against those books. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is there have been lots of complaints about those books being introduced without parents being consulted. So for me, the loudest part of this whole situation is the fact that all it only took one complaint to get the movie pulled. <laughs> yes. Yo, that was a power move. That's yo, that's and I'm like, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I try to reserve my personal opinion. I'm like, you know right. what? Sometimes your opinion really doesn't matter because the way something was handled is the bigger issue. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. in today's society where all kinds of stuff is being thrown at the kids and every side of every argument has a nasty, you know, organization behind it. You've got the the children, the, the people that want, you know, alternative ideas and you got the people who got, you know, they got, they just as strong as the people who are, no, we strongly conservative, but... Mm-hmm. How is it that one complaint gets the black movie? I mean, we all as adults have been in situations where, at least I feel like, mm. we've experienced a situation where somebody wanted to say something to you. They wanted to do something to you. They wanted to take something away from you. But they had to find some insignificant justification to you know to make it seem like oh no 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 it's because of this that's that's why no 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 it's because of this mm. but really you was just looking to do that you was just looking to do that you know what i'm saying so mm. you just needed any excuse any green light you know to go ahead and do what whatever it is you wanted to do anyway so it's to me in today's climate there's no way that one complaint can remove anything. Think about how long we've been complaining about them rusty old school books in general that's in the schools. Like, just the actual school books, the math books, right. the science books. Like, we've been complaining about these old used textbooks from 1985 in the schools probably since 1985. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nothing's been done. So how does one complaint get the whole, you know, so I don't know. I, I well, think- I, I think what what we're seeing here is is a weaponization of education, politics, economics, where now it's like every morning you wake up and you turn on the news or you pick up the paper, there's a battlefield going on. You know, I think um, I, I want to say it was uh, the Sons of Man who says silent weapons for quiet wars. Mm. Okay. And we've got these quiet wars going on where, you know, Florida is becoming a political battlefield. Okay. Where we're seeing things played out. Texas is becoming another political battlefield where it seems as if the world is becoming more and more polarizing and neo-tribalistic. Okay. Where there is no sense of trying to bring balance to the force. Everybody is in their camps. And if you say something against somebody's camp, it's game on. All right. All right. Well, you know that the Get On Code show is all about empowerment. Mm-hmm. Uh, today, we got a chance to learn. You know, we went we went the precise thinking method as well. Let's wrap this thing up with some solutions. Right. So, look, we talked about, look, we talked about King, mm-hmm. right? We talked about Bobby Hutton. 
and we talked about Ruby Bridges. Right. Let me start off, man. Let me take it back to King. Every year, there's a march on the Edmund Pettus Bridge. It just happened recently. Uh, Joe Biden was a part of it. I say to those people in that particular area, when it comes time for the march next year, find a lawyer, do a class action suit, and try your best to indict all of the police officers who were on work that day of Bloody Sunday when they had the massacre on the Edmund Pettus Bridge. One thing that our Jewish family won't do is they won't give up. So if you were involved in the Holocaust, you know, you go into jail and they find you now, you go into jail. We need to put all of those police officers who were part of Bloody Sunday in jail. That's the power move. That's the empowerment move for Dr. King's situation. You know, we're talking about going from empowerment to sovereignty. Sovereignty, we have the power to make the changes and we're not trying to boost our muscles anymore. You know, we're already good, right? That's the sovereignty move. When we're sovereign enough, you know, if one parent can get a book and a movie banned, man, what can we do to make sure that all of those police officers receive charges? Hey, we can call my frat brother Ben Crump, man. He'll do it. All right. So that's that's my empowerment move for Dr. King. For little Bobby Hutton. For little Bobby Hutton, he needs to be the new face of the war on police violence. Mm. Wow. Interesting. He needs to be on our T-shirts. Mm. All right? That's the empowerment move there because there's already history. You know, I can't debate that. You know, right. the, the history is out there. The information is out there. And I say again, we need to find those police officers and Benjamin Crump and all the other people out there, you know, the lawyers out there. We need to take those officers and that police chief and that mayor and that city council person. Mm -hmm. And we need to bring charges against them. All right. And with this situation with Ruby Bridges, one parent got one book in the movie banned from one school. So, you know, they're going to try to take this momentum and do it throughout this whole school district. Right. And then they're going to use that momentum to try to do it throughout the whole city and state. Mm-hmm. Right? The same way that that one parent lodged that complaint, our families need to be in St. Petersburg, Florida, at every school board meeting with a demand, with a unified demand, not just going up there yelling and acting stupid, right. with a unified demand that they make Ruby Bridges a Florida symbol of great Mm. education. Wow. Mm. You know, this little girl went and, you know, sisters, Ruby Bridges is still alive. You know what I'm saying? You know, so to use her as a national example, every principal in Petersburg, St. Petersburg, Florida, needs to put out a statement of support 
for Ruby Bridges and the need for people to fight for excellence in education. And you can force those principals, those superintendents to do that by showing up and forcing it at the meeting with an agenda. Mm-hmm. That's my statement. So, um, you know, Inc., you're the new guy on the platform, man. Yo, welcome. <laughs> what are your empowerment thoughts as we wrap this thing up, bro? All right. So for Dr. King, I would say um, our men of today should adopt some of his tenacity. You know, um, there was a um, there was a certain strength that you had to have to be a part of the struggle. Like I tell folks now, I'm like, listen, if y'all really understood what we was up against, right? Y'all wouldn't behave like y'all. Hey, what you talking about? I'm like, yo, if I'm late with your package, yo, he's a scammer. Oh, he's scamming up. Give me, whoa, 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 nigga, I'm late with your package. <laughs> you can hit the refund, you know. It's, it's, I mean... So imagine if we had to ask these people to walk 10, 20 miles back and forth to work every day in wood hard bottom shoes. Like if we had to ask these people today to stand in between hoses and dogs, like, so these guys honestly are too soft. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I would say adapt some of King's tenacity. I, I don't even want to try to get y'all to even get as tough as Mono, uh, Malcolm. Like we just mm-hmm. adopt some of King's tenacity. You know what I'm saying? And, and you know, um, but uh, with Bobby Hutton, I would say uh, turn off the internet, son. Like, just have some days where you detox from the internet, period. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, and, and bring the, 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 you know, start to honor our fathers a little bit more in the community. Um, and then uh, last but not least, for the Ruby Bridges situation, Ah, I'm going to be honest. I don't even know. I'm a big believer in God, you know, so I think that sometimes things can be happening that we may not even fully understand, you know, because on the one hand, you know, a lot of us, um, and again, I'm not including my perspective. I'm going to just say a lot of the people from my community, we had a problem when they overnight merged the um, the alternative sexual community with the black community and came up with the, you know, you know, blending gay rights with black situation. So mm. I think that this could in some sense be, you know, for those people that think that way, this could be a remedy. Because if, you know, you have documentation where you can show, hey, they're allowing elementary school children to have gay books, transgender books, you know, but not black books and black movies. That intersectionality argument that somehow rose in our community. Uh, you know, people were telling me, if your empowerment is not intersectionality, I don't want your empowerment. Oh, yeah, yeah, all right, yeah. whatever. Because there, there's some people that use that for an argument to say, listen, man, let them have their schools. Pull your kids out of there and just do your own thing. You know, mm-hmm. um, COVID set the stage that, uh, you know, yeah. homeschool went through the roof. 
Like it's no longer a, a cliche weird thing if you say you homeschooling your kids. Now it's half of you know half of America homeschools now. Schools is schools is different. Yo, you raised uh, ten children. Yeah, and you still have what five at home with you right now, Inc. Yeah, single mm-hmm. father. Well, unmarried father. I hate those terms. Single father, freshly, single freshly, mother, freshly divorced. And definitely single father because they their mom is a deadbeat. Hmm. All right. With that being said, um, I love the fact that you talked about how we need to salute the fathers. And you talked about Bobby Hutt. Yeah, because the statistics of this, most of from our community anyway, um, the children that wind up in prison, 70% of the time, they're from a single parent household, a single mother household. Single mother household. And that when they come from two parent household or a single father household, you don't have those jail statistics. You know what I'm saying? That's intriguing, um, particularly with this uh, you go girl culture we got going on right now. <laughs> mm. um, or Minister Margaret Sanger. Sanger. I, I consider that Margaret Sanger culture, you know. <clears throat> All right. Right, right. Minister, Minister Zumbi, I don't want us to go off track. Let's wrap this up, bro. Let's wrap this up. Zumbi, your empowerment yeah. thoughts, bro. When when we talk about King, uh, the one thing that I think we can take from King is have the courage to stand on your Bushido. Or what is your principle or what are what is your code of conduct? Mm. Okay. Because regardless of what we may think of King, his courage to stand on principle in the face of whatever opposition he faced is something, uh, you know, and I'm echoing what Brother Inky says that we can incorporate into what we do today. So standing on principle is what we can learn from Dr. King. Okay. Okay. Uh, when we get to Bobby Hutton, here's the thing that I think we can celebrate about Bobby Hutton, the importance of regaining our youth. Little Bobby Hutton had to be politicized at a very young age in order to take the position that he did against law enforcement. You see what I'm saying? Mm. So who was around little Bobby Hutton to politicize him to where he could be a vanguard and a protector of the people. Can I ask a question real quick? Yeah, yes, sir. Um, I'm kind of, you know, I'm, I'm a little younger, so, but. Okay. My research, just a little, just yeah, a little. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> just a couple years. Your so great, this, yeah, I, well, I've been great <laughs> since I was 13. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, I had my first daughter when I was fourteen. I, I you know, I had my apart my own apartment at fourteen. I, my life, oh, wow. yeah, my life. So that that pregnancy gave you the gray hair. <laughs> Not pregnancy. The the holding all of my responsibilities down. You know what I'm saying? Like some folks at that age, even later age. You know what I'm saying? Mm. They, they mm. didn't. You know, they had babies, and it was like you know, hey, they was just making babies. That was the thing to do. Right. But, you know. I stood in the fire for all mines. You know what I'm saying? Even to now, like the judge was like, listen, I'm going to let you know, you're getting a once in a lifetime thing right now because they gave me full custody. You know what I'm saying? They, mm. Your mom don't even have visitation rights. 
Hey, well, you know what? It's not once in a lifetime. I, I know a lot of fathers who ended up with full custody of their children. Uh, you know, I have some in my family. The numbers don't bear out, though. It's it's when you think of it's the growing. masses. It's growing. Yeah, it's when growing. you think of the masses, though, it's it's not enough. We need more uh, brothers willing to stand in that fire. You know what I'm saying? Because we got a lot of brothers that are good fathers. Mm-hmm. But they're not willing to stand in the middle of that legal fire. You know, a lot of times. Yo, we scared down. of the courts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, and, and it's like, bro, how you how you ready to talk crazy online and you a bust your guy and you doing all this and you chasing the ops and all that. But you ain't, you ain't going to court for your babies, bro. Like, what? What, what are we talking about? Yeah, like, you know what I'm saying? You, how you going to fight? In, again, like, like what I was saying. How are we going to get these guys to march 20 miles in hard bottoms if they scared? You know what I'm saying? Like, no. You, right. If you're scared right. to fight for your children in a war of paper, it's a mm-hmm. paper war. Right. <laughs> if you're scared to be in a paper war to defend your babies, you what you going? Come on. Huh? They're scared of paper cuts. Uh, but what was your question, bro? Well, a lot of people, you know, um, were saying that Little Bobby was following Eldridge and maybe some of those ideas was was the influence. So how did how do people how do you guys feel about that? Those comments. Oh, saying Zoom that Bobby in? was under the the influence of of Eldridge. Yeah. Well, it wasn't just Eldridge, because remember, before Eldridge came on the scene, it was. Bobby Seale and Huey P. Newton, because Little Bobby was one of, if I'm not mistaken, he was one of the original six members of the Panther Party. So there was an influence there. The Treasury or something like that, right? Um, I'm not sure what his position was, but he was one of the original six uh, of the Black Panther Party. So he was there with um, Emery Howard, uh, uh, a brother named Big Man, Huey, Bobby, and I forgot who the other ones were. But that was his original influence before Eldridge came on the scene. Okay. Yeah, we may have to do a full-out show on, on the legacy and the lessons of stalwarts like Bobby Hutton. Mm. We got to do One of the names that fell through the cracks. Yeah. 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 But you know, Bobby and Jonathan Jackson, you know, and they never got they never lived to see age 20. All right, zombie. Yeah. Uh wrap us up, bro. Wrap us up. Okay. So that's why I'm saying, you know, the fact that if we can begin to politicize and you know establish a a, a cultural foundation in our young people, the way that those brothers did with Bobby, you know, instead of the young people becoming predators in the village, they can be protectors of the village. Okay. The Ruby, uh, what do you call Ruby Bridges mm-hmm. thing? Okay. This is where we need to, regardless of what you may think, the one thing that I will give people like Tariq Nasheed, Raheem Shabazz, and others is to create your own lanes, develop your own content and be able to reach your people without having to use someone else's apparatus to do the job. Okay. So we have to begin to tell our story, our way. Okay. So, all right, fine. You took it out of the public school system, but there's still this underground 
or what I would say a new age chitlin circuit that we can still maximize. So you're saying be a cop, right? Exactly. And, and what so- I mean by being a cop is being a creator, <laughs> owner, and protector of your intellectual property. All right, we might as well go ahead and go through your solutions, bro. <laughs> so being a cop is one. Yes. Uh, okay, be a 20-hour revolutionary, okay? Since Brother Inky is here, all right, everybody who's watching, um, and I know Brother Inky gave his web address, can everybody commit that every week you can make a $20 purchase from Brother Inky or any other uh, Black-owned business entrepreneur business owner whether it's brick and mortar or e-commerce because what that does is and i always like to use the the million man and the million woman march had we become 20 dollar revolutionaries wow two million brothers in dc we could have put 40 million dollars back into dc's black economy that day in philly I heard there were 2.5 million sisters. We could have put $50 million into Philly's black economy that day just by being a $20 revolutionary. All right. Be a cultural tither. Cultural tither. Um, I I don't know if Brother Inky has a quote unquote philanthropic wing. I give away uh, books. Okay. So let's say, right. So, so let's say this, uh, Today is Sunday. Mega Millions is Tuesday. Hypothetically, I go to the local bodega. I get a ticket. Oh, it's $300 million. Let's say I give Inky's philanthropic wing $30 million. That's cultural tithing because I'm giving to a race first or an African-centered entity that looks out for the lives and the livelihoods of people of the African world community. Okay, so that's being a cultural tither. And then finally, the science of beef. Uh, Beef is an acronym meaning business, economics, entrepreneurship and finance. Uh, If you go back and read Message to the Black Man, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said that there were three sciences that people had to master. And the first science is what I call the science of beef. Okay, and then the other two sciences is the science of diplomacy, negotiation, and warfare. And that third science is the science of mate selection and genetic engineering. Hmm. All right. So Shadow Band had an interesting comment saying that our consciousness is dead and we're really just kind of twerking away our rights, uh, twerking away our energy, twerking away. I like a good twerk. I ain't going to front. But I, I, I see the point that Shadow Band has. And that kind of leads me to my goodbye statement. And my goodbye statement comes from (sighs) comes from the prophet. We should keep firmly in mind the necessity of keeping each dollar spent as much as possible within the spheres of our own activities where they will create further openings of business enterprises and wider opportunities for the men and women of our group to procure soundly remunerative employment. Forward must be the watchword of the seller and buyer alike. We can make the money and we can spend the cash. Let us sincerely cooperate one with the other. Our plight will change when we change ourselves. Our plight 
will change when we change ourselves. Our plight will change when we change ourselves. So we tell you to uh, drink your water. Indeed. Make sure you uh, eat your vegetables. <laughs> Contact your family members because they miss you and let them know how much you love them. Right. And speaking of love, we love us, we love our community, and we love our future. Shadow ban and stuff he just talked about, we're changing that because we love y'all. Peace. <laughs>